the Professionally Speaking Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Professionally Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Warner, Director and Executive Coach at Professional Presentation Services. And with me today, we have another special guest. I know it seems like every every two weeks now we have another special guest, but, but a super special guest today. His name is Boris Prisoff. Boris, did I say your last name correctly? I would say yes. I would say yes. Very, very close. It's very hard, I think, for people that are not in our region, meaning on the Balkans in Europe, to pronounce that correctly. So you are 95% there, you know, 95%. Okay, I'll cut that out and then we'll do it again. I'll pronounce it correctly. No, it's perfect. It's Christoph. The H is just, you know, it's a very strange syllable in this case, like Christoph and that's it. Okay. You know? So, okay. (laughs) Boris Rissoff, founder of 356 Labs. Boris, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me around. Yeah, for sure. And as for the listeners out there who are being uh, familiarized with you for the first time, you're also in the presentation space. You host, you put on one of the, the biggest presentation conferences in the world. And I know you have your own podcast that I've been on. It was great. The World of Presentations podcast. So Boris, please feel free to elaborate a little bit. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and about how you got into presentations and what you do. Again, first of all, thanks uh, thanks for having me. It's a huge pleasure to now join you on your podcast. Where should I start here? I am coming from the IT world. I was an IT, an IT consultant doing databases, uh, meaning I was working with data, uh, with a lot of it, <laughs> to be very honest. It was just my passion about presentations that I like to say that when you combine those two skill sets, an IT person and the IT skill set, or your HR skill set, or your financial skill set, or your whatever skill set with communication skills, and especially when with presentation skills, that combo is something like like you have never seen. Uh, It's a dangerous combo, uh, and it opens up the doors uh, for everyone very, very quickly. And I mean, it opens up doors that you would otherwise have to work for many, many years to even have the chance to be open. So huge recommendation to everyone listening to just uh, double down or triple down on uh, your communication and presentation skills because it will open up uh, the doors for you very, very quickly. Your career will change uh, very, very quickly. Uh, Just to give you context, uh, I come from the IT world. It doesn't make sense for me to be 24 years old and to already have spoken and delivered presentations in 30 countries, right? It just Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense, Mm -hmm. right? The reason why it's possible is because well, I said uh, just now, when you have those two skill sets, it's just so rare to see someone that's good in what they do, but is also capable of communicating it that it's just rare and um, people people see it. So from there, I just, uh, I was constantly sharing my knowledge around presentation skills, to be honest, like constantly about how I was uh, designing my slides without being a designer, obviously. And one of those webinars I actually delivered for people in the U.S., which is very interesting. And two months later, after that, yet another webinar that I delivered on that topic, uh, there were some guys and gals that sent me emails and one of them got a promotion because of their presentation, because they tried some of the things that we discussed. They tried it and said, hey, you know what happened? I got this promotion, whatever. And another one actually was, um, uh, was in the middle and was responsible for closing a humongous 
uh, ITDO because they were an IT organization and his boss actually saw him trying to improve on his presentations, went on and spoke in an event, right? So he mm-hmm. became a public up speaker, if you wish. Mm-hmm. His boss saw that he's like, obviously doing something in that regard and decided to put him on in front of the customer and they won the deal because of that. And so he told me all of that and how it happened. And when when I just received those two emails, even though these were not the first times that I received similar emails, it was like, okay, um, does it make sense for me to convert this into a business? Because I like it. I'm so passionate about it. I'm constantly searching for ways to improve on that in this area. And that's how 356 Labs actually started like it was a joke uh, it was it started by coincidence and now we are 14 people very soon probably 15 or 16 are uh, working for many of the brands that everyone knows out there uh microsoft deloitte or no you name it like we have probably done something with them it's either we have built a presentation for them or we have um trained uh, some of their employees so that's 356 labs present succeed is another another story that's a great background thank you for for sharing that you, you said something and it kind of sparked a question in me i'm a very curious guy as my my listeners know now when you when you said that you started in it and then you kind of realized at some point or you know a light bulb went off about communication and being able to communicate in terms of speaking and sharing your message was that really a motivating moment for you? Like, do you remember the moment where you're like, you know what, I want to, I got to go further in this area in speaking or communication. Like what happened there? Uh, unfortunately for me, I learned it. Uh, I learned that I'm really bad at it um, in the worst possible way. So I don't recommend anyone getting to this stage and then understanding, oh, maybe I need to do something about it. Mm. Uh, so the reason why I, I understood that I, was really, really bad at communicating and especially in presentation skills was because during my university years, I actually, that's funny because now I organize a conference. Back then I actually started organizing seminars. (laughs) Now I can see some uh, similarities between this, Uh, but I was running seminars and I was inviting our colleagues who are already working in the IT industry to share some of their knowledge with us who are not working in the IT industry still. And my role, you can imagine as the pla- as the organiz- organizer or whatever you are, the host, was to only introduce those guys. You know, like it was a minute of me just introducing those people. And every single time when I was introducing some of those guests, no one was listening. Like no one. And it <laughs> made me feel so bad. I was constantly seeing how people were looking at their laptops not listening to even a word that I was saying for so long. And I was like, there is no, I looked at, I looked at these situations and I said to myself, even though it hurts, we need to recognize that the problem is not in them. It should be in me. You know, there is no way different audiences every single time decide to not engage with me because they are bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, it's obviously something in me. And so that's why that was the moment. And these were some of the moments um, in which I really understood that there is some problem that I need to tackle. And obviously that problem was my presentation skills. That's interesting. So you, uh, we would say you, you learned the hard way. <laughs> Correct. I learned the hard way. 
Well, that, I mean, for, that's sometimes that's the best way to learn, though. I mean, it obviously yes, made a tremendous, yeah, it made a tremendous impact in your case, right? Yep, um, it paid off. <laughs> let, let me put it this way: yeah, it paid off indeed. So, and, and how many years ago was that, uh, Boris? Oh, uh, so I'm thirty. Well, I'm, Am I 31 now? Yeah, I'm, I'm wait, 32 right now. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it was already 10 years ago, 10 or 11 years ago already. Yeah, 10 or 11 years ago. Okay, cool. So let's say that you, so you've been, we say like knee deep in presentations for a decade, right? like, you know, living, yes. breathing, everything present. So what's one thing, like, I know there's many, many things that, that you've learned and sure. probably some of which you do so automatically now, it's not even a conscious thought, yeah. but, but what's one lesson or one key thing that you realize you remember like, oh yeah, that's, that's important. Like it's a game changer. I was about to say the typical ones, uh, which were about to sound boring, uh, which is that rehearsal is brutally crucial uh, and that understanding your audience and finding information about them and just asking yourself, hey, what does that mean for my presentation? How can I utilize that information so that it doesn't look creepy uh, yet? Uh, yet <laughs> it, you create a story that resonates with the audience. But these are probably things that uh, your uh, your audience already heard. Uh, but it's nice to say them because if you are hearing such things and those similar things and same things uh, from multiple locations, from multiple people, that obviously means something, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I would say that the moment that immediately pops up in my head as a lessons learned was in Serbia. Okay. I had to present. Uh, I had to present for Microsoft, and the last night before the presentation, I don't remember the case, uh, but I didn't sleep a lot, and I didn't drink. I don't smoke. I don't drink that much, uh, but I didn't <laughs> drink that night. <laughs> uh, since I have the company, I drink a little, but that's a completely different story. Let's not get into it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I remember that I had like four or five hours of sleep only. Plus the travel to Serbia, which is not that far away, but it's like an eight-hour drive. And in the morning, because they were kicking off the event with me, I remember very vividly, because we have to, in Serbia, I don't know Serbian, they don't know Bulgarian, uh, but we had to talk in English. Obviously, this is not our first native language, of course. And I remember when I went on stage, and I, I had rehearsed this presentation and everything, you know, like everything. I remember how my brain was not coming up with the words that I needed. And I somehow, I'm not even joking when I say this. I remember how more or less my brain was saying to me, kind of in an internal fashion, you didn't sleep enough. And now that's what's going to happen. You are going to suck right now for the next 90 minutes. And I was constantly searching for words and they were not coming, you know, like it was such a, it was such a nightmare. Yeah. I don't even want to get back to this moment. So my <laughs> lessons learned there was sleep enough, man, like sleep enough. It's an important talk. Make sure you have enough sleep. Yeah, that that's a great that's a great lesson because so many of us when we're up speaking in front of people like like presenters who do this more regularly, especially myself being yeah. a professor and a lecture, we just rely on sometime during an example oh the words will come to me and I'll be able to ex explain it. But you're right, if you're low on sleep, I guess that throws a wrench in the works. 
yeah it may it may i would agree that like when you get so used to it uh when you when on a daily basis you need to be presenting in front of audiences or students or whoever it may be because i also have spent like my five years when i was in the it five or six years in the it world also teaching i was teaching also at universities trainings as a freelancer etc at some point you just get so much experiences in speaking you Mm -hmm. know that at some point you can break the rules yes you know you can break the rules. You cannot rehearse, and still, you can do an incredible presentation or training. And the important part here is that I always like to say this also to our customers that at some point, or they may have already crossed uh, that uh, moment in their careers where they have so much experience in their field, plus they also have so much experience communicating and speaking then they can nail down any presentation that they uh, have to nail down, you know, and they mm-hmm. have to deliver. However, however, I always tell them, and that gets them, that they never know what would have happened if they rehearsed it mm-hmm. and how much better it was going to be and what was going to happen if they were that just a little bit good, better, you know, what could have happened for them or for their business? Who, who could have heard them and what an opportunity did they miss? And the craziest part, uh, the craziest part and why this gets them is because I always tell them so that it hurts. You cannot measure it. So you cannot know. And that when you just think about it, it's like, Jesus Christ, how many opportunities I may have missed, Mm -hmm. you know? It is crazy if you think about it, right? I also say it to myself very, very often, but that's, yeah. <laughs> Everyone, you have to think about this, truly, like think about that. That is very powerful message. Psychologically speaking, the fear of loss is a very powerful yeah. motivator. So insurance, that industry works and lives based on that. <laughs> I mean, you have to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I use the same example when I'm talking. That's excellent. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's well, true. That's yeah, why it's very, we, we can use it. Yeah, it's very clear. It's very, very obvious. But All right. Yeah. yeah. So Boris, tell us about now. Like I said, I hold you in very high regard. I think you're extremely accomplished, especially for someone your age and in that in that space. So tell us on a, on a day-to-day basis, what types of communication do you find you, in, you engage in and who do you usually speak with? Who do you communicate with? So currently, probably up until um, April, uh, 2022 because it's now January I think yeah January 22 I don't know what month is it <laughs> I don't even look <laughs> at this calendar or anymore uh, I because of present to succeed and the conference the places where I end up communicating are I think the places where everyone communicates I communicate over email uh, tremendously mm-hmm. and a lot uh, I communicate with um, my team uh, on a daily basis I would say on an hourly basis I communicate a lot, obviously, with my girlfriend, uh, very soon to be my wife, uh, very, very often because we also work together uh, and it works for us. It's kind of crazy, right? Like many people are like, <laughs> how does that work for you? I don't know. We have we have been together for 10 years and we work together. So take a look. So it's possible, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I also communicate a lot with um, 
some freelancers that we hired and with external agencies and partners and of course with our customers. So I communicate with very diverse um, group of people who are on various roles, which makes it a little like super challenging to constantly switch between one way of presenting information to the other and to just constantly search for what does this person care about most? Mm. Should I communicate with them? Um, And of course, as you can imagine, because of the event, I communicate a lot with a lot of organizations that are, some some of them are not even our customers who we are trying to sell tickets uh, to our event. So yeah, a, a wide variety of people on various roles and from various industries, including also my teammates. That's that's impressive. And what, what you said there is obviously like a veteran phrase in our world, but you change your communication style depending on who you're speaking to. And yeah. oftentimes that takes effort, like that takes planning and thought and uh, cognitive energy, right? Yeah, especially especially the, the part with... No, I, I don't want to say who, who is which part and which target group or which group is harder because I think every every one of them can be considered hard, even though everyone says everything is hard. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I like when we get to a customer and we recently started working with one of the biggest pharma companies, and there was a guy who is their I think marketing manager or something like that, and he was he started the conversation with Boris. I know you I know you guys have done some incredible work for some incredible organizations but listen what we have here is very complicated I'm like hey man and I obviously used his name and I was like you know what's funny that every customer I go to and every customer that I speak to every industry I talk in everyone says that their industry is extremely complicated so <laughs> I think that shouldn't be like, don't worry about it. Let's move on. Let's talk about your problem. (laughs) Let's go from there. I I would say that it's just that everyone is so so different and everyone has their own specifics in the way that together with you are different and everyone would approach us in a different way, even though they may end up communicating with us for the same idea, right? I mean, I always like to say that and use the example with startups. Startups are like so naive uh, from one point of view, especially the inexperience, because they have this startup pitch and they say, okay, but I will use the startup. Like I need to present my company and I'm like in front of who? And they're like in front of investors. Okay, so in front of investors, we have to do it this way. They're like, then we have to use this presentation to present in front of customers. And I'm like, stop here (laughs) it is the same presentation it is about your company and about your product but the target group and your audiences are different and when that's the case you actually need two different presentations even though the topic at first seems to be the same Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. investors care about one investors care about one thing potential customers care about another and as you mentioned and i'll stop here it really takes effort to try and figure out what's the best way of approaching different people. And I would say that it's also not just cognitive effort. I think that's for, at least for me, it's also sometimes emotional effort, you Mm. know, because I try to be very, I like when people are super direct with me, I'm a little bit of that old school type of person coming from 
the sports field. I was doing, I was playing basketball with the coach. You know what a sports coach is, like how they speak and the <laughs> yeah. discipline and everything else. And I'm used to that and I like that. And when I see how I need to communicate with, let's say, my team members and my employees, I cannot do it like that. You know, like they will all will probably leave if I communicate with them as a coach will. Mm-hmm. And that change, that like that is such a big change, such a complete overhaul of your whole way of approaching an otherwise simple conversation mm-hmm. for me is sometimes very emotionally draining. Yeah, it, yeah absolutely. It, it can be. And, and for, for you, I'm, I'm glad you shared the experience with us. It's so great to talk with you because many people that I speak with, and I imagine many human beings in their day to day, they have a particular way they prefer to communicate. And when something doesn't, the outcome that they achieve is not what they wanted, then it's someone else's fault or it's just the circumstances instead of, you know, looking inward and reflecting and say, okay, how can I adjust my approach next time to achieve a better result? And I've always admired, every time for the listeners out there, you got to take a lesson from Boris here. He is so positive in every correspondence I've had with every email, every, everything, always positive. (laughs) That's true. I don't know how you have so much. I keep thinking that how does he must sleep all the time? How could he have so much energy all the time? He's so happy. And that's a great message. That's a great uh, presentation to put forward. Yeah. I mean, I try to have a ton of energy because I need it, <laughs> to be very <laughs> honest. Uh, but don't get me wrong. When I need to, like when we have problems uh, somewhere inside of the team or when we have issues with a partner or with a vendor, I'm extremely diplomatic up to, I always like to say that, I give you three chances, you know, and many people won't give you three chances, but I give everyone three chances. We communicated once, we communicated the second time, we communicated the third time. If you don't change and if you don't understand what I mean when we have a problem and you don't understand that you don't understand that problem after three conversations, then I become your I I will probably become your worst nightmare. Like I really become that <laughs> coach type of person that will demand extreme things. Yeah, I I truly uh, that is my that is my that is how I normally operate. But I learned that this is not going to work if I want to run a company. It just doesn't work, especially with the younger generation. It just yeah backfires normally. Normally. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, kudos to you for for learning that and applying it in in such a short yep. order. So, what's your secret to energy? Do you drink coffee? Tell our listeners how do we get Boris type energy. I drink coffee. Yes, that is true. <laughs> I, I I like coffee, to be very honest. Um, but I don't think that the I don't think that um, the coffee is the main reason behind it. Now, I would say that first of all, I really try to do and extract the maximum out of my days uh, mm-hmm. because, as everyone else that's listening to the podcast, your days are probably busy. Mine is also busy, and so I try to extract the maximum out of each uh, day. Uh, I always do sports early in the morning. I hire a personal trainer to work together with me. I find it the best investment that I have ever done. I will never work without a trainer anymore, even though I'm doing this for the last whatever years. I don't even remember anymore. Um, I also try to eat very well. I actually invest um, money from my own money to receive food on a daily basis from a specific place, which cooks all of my meals for the day. So they arrive at 6 a.m. in the morning for me. And I know that I'm covered, you know, and that food is 
brilliant you know like there is nothing bad in that in in any meal you know and that plays i would say a huge role you know like that thing plays a humongous role again who saw such a worthy investment i don't know probably for sure if bulgaria has this service there is no way you don't have it i mean <laughs> uh, yeah. come on uh, bulgaria is such a small market you for sure have something similar there uh such a worthy investment always but i would say that the other thing that's that's playing probably a huge role in the whole thing is that when you really care about what you do and when you really uh, have this let's use this cliche word passion for what you do and you really love it mm-hmm. i think that you are constantly almost constantly i know very quite some moments when i was so drained and i was not able to see anyone i was not able to i, I didn't even want to go to the office etc but most of the times you have this energy that's constantly supporting you and it's just because you love what you do so much that you are like okay uh <laughs> let's do this one uh let's and you push through hard moments with a smile on your face somehow you know it's kind of strange you know it's kind of strange that's why i think many people in the business world are saying that i i heard a quote from steve jobs like many years ago that running something a business uh freelance career or something is just so hard that if you don't truly love it normal people like if you kind of consider yourself as normal and normal people logical people if they don't love it when they see what they have to go through they will leave mm. like it just doesn't make sense it's that hard mm-hmm. you probably go and say okay that was that's not like no i want to go back i want to mm. le- work for somebody else and just have my job that's wonderful i have great colleagues it's paid it's paying well all of that stuff so i think it's i think it's all of those things combined and mixed together in a strange fashion that makes the makes the formula work i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you got you got the rest the healthy eating you got the exercise sports the sports yeah right okay all right and Thank caring you. about what you do <laughs> <laughs> let's not forget that yeah let's not forget yeah that. that's not a bad one. All right, Boris. I know your your time is valuable here. We're wrapping up here. We'll just give you one more question for uh, for our listeners. Sure. So, s- someone starting out there, there, like let's say a younger a younger Boris, 10, 11 years ago. But when you first decided, you know what, I want to get into presentations or or speaking in, in some form or fashion. Yeah. What would you tell them? What words of wisdom tell you wish you had heard earlier, or that you would tell someone just starting out? Uh, if they want to become better in their communications game, if they, let's say, yeah, I just, if they want to, they want to level up their presentations and maybe they want to start a company to help people with their presentations like you did, like what's something you could tell them? Yeah, I think these are two very different ones. I think that the first one, um, in regards to the presentations is going to be related to just reading as much as you can and combining it with practice. Um, this is something that I would highly recommend everyone, but I think it's a very generic advice and it's like, duh, (laughs) like, come on. Um, but presentations are presentations and presentation skills for me are a skill I know. And I don't believe that someone, uh, that there are people that cannot learn it. Uh, it's just that the focus that you need to have and, uh, willingness uh, to do it uh, needs to be there and there needs to be consistency you know uh, i completely agree that some people will be 
more easily adaptable and for them it will be easier to become uh, really good at what they do uh, as presenters and will become really good at presenting quicker than others. I agree. Uh, but it is a skill and no one that's listening to this podcast should forget that. It is a skill and it's like you're driving a car, you're doing uh, whatever else you are doing. Uh, the more you do it, uh, the easier it becomes and the better you become. So mm-hmm. that is one thing. And I just think that if I knew that in such a screaming way back then, it could have helped me a lot. Um, and then obviously for the company, I would say that if you want to have a company like this and it's all about presentations, or if you want to be a presentation coach or expert or whatever it may be in this industry, uh, my advice will be to not this, not become, that will be unusual, uh, not become <laughs> discouraged by my next words. Uh, that is my advice. So my next words are that this industry almost doesn't exist. And because it almost doesn't exist, you are going to get into a world where you need to combine your effort with Ryan's effort, with my effort, with the effort of all the agencies and all the presentation experts out there. And you need to collaborate together with all of us so that we create this industry. And that, unfortunately, is a very, very painful and slow process. Of course, it's highly rewarding afterwards, but we have a lot of work to do to create the industry first. So if you are willing uh, to get into this world and want to spend your uh, lifetime or your next 20, 30, 10 years, whatever it may be (laughs) uh, in the presentation space, you want to start a career or a company that's related to that, be ready. Be ready for a fight with a lot of people that would normally tell you, hey, uh, Ryan, hey, Boris, I understand what you guys are doing, but you know, I have been doing my presentations myself for the last 17 years. What are you going to tell me? Your initial reaction, right, as a bad communicator will tell you, well, you have been doing your presentations for the last 17 years in a wrong way. That's going to be your bad communication <laughs> skills, right? <laughs> uh, and you need to kind of suppress them because I personally sometimes want to kill people like that. You know, like it's uh, when I hear it, I'm like, you are so stupid. <laughs> like I want to scream it out loud like crazy. But then you you remember that you want to be in the communication space and you're like, okay, let me figure out in a second, how can I move this person to another world where they consider the chance that there is a better world, mm-hmm. right? And that is that is super, super tricky. So get ready. Uh, it will be happening to you on a daily basis. <laughs> All right, Boris, so much so much wisdom and, and inner monologue, inner dialogue that you've shared with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we appreciate it. And, and uh, Boris, for those uh, listeners out there who, who want to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Where can they go? I think the easiest and the channel that I'm most easily reachable is LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me on Boris Christoph there quite easily. Um, so yeah, I'm reach out on LinkedIn. I'm almost daily, I, I would say there. All right. So there we go, folks. This is uh, Boris Christoph, founder of 356 Labs and the host of the amazing Present to Succeed conference. Get your tickets now. Boris, last word, anything you want to say before we sign off? 
to be very honest, I'm kind of that would be very strange. I'm kind of surprised that it's 9 p.m. on my time zone, and I am so energetic still. <laughs> that is it's a little bit strange. No, um, joke set aside. Uh, thanks for having me. I hope that the listeners extracted some uh, some value out of this conversation because yeah, I went a little bit deeper in my head when I was responding to these questions. Yeah, my only ask is for everyone uh, who really wants to step up their whatever game, uh, HR finance, IT design, whatever you guys are, you may be doing, please, please, please spend 20% of your free time not learning about design, not learning about architecture, not learning about HR, not learning about whatever you may be doing on a daily basis. Learn how to communicate and learn how to become good in presenting your ideas. That will completely, uh, and we're, I would say that Ryan would agree with me, we are not going to tell you that because we run such organizations or anything like that. We don't have the ambition to convert you as a customer, even though if you want to go to the conference, let me know. (laughs) But we, again, we are going to tell you that because it truly, it is true. And we have seen it so many times and still, and I'll end with that, the bar for presentations globally, not in Bulgaria, not in the UK, the US, whatever, like anywhere out there, the bar for presenting and for presentations is set so low that everyone that just does just a little better, not a lot better, just a little better, immediately differentiates from everyone else and extracts tremendous benefits out of it. So that will be my last words. Amazing, amazing. Boris, thank you again for coming on. And for all our listeners out there, we wish you success in all of your future endeavors.